Well, let's thank the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Somebody just speak to the Lord for a moment. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Come on, somebody speak to the Lord for a moment. Why don't you open your heart and lift up your voice and just speak to him for a second. Hallelujah, Lord. As much as we want to hear him speak to us, he wants us to speak to him. Somebody just reach for the Lord with your faith, with your sincerity, honesty, desperation, and desire. Lord, I love you. God, I just want to be with you. I want to be in your presence. I want to know your voice. Lord, direct us today. God, let your presence prevail in this house. Mighty God, be here today. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. It feels so good to not play games with God and not just play church. Amen. We have our traditions and I honor our traditions. I appreciate our traditions. But I'm thankful for a church that we can come to. That we're not here just by tradition. Not just here by design to be together. But we are here to truly worship the Lord. The focus of our gathering is the Lord. And as we sang, I just want to be with you. I just want to be in his presence. Everything else is secondary to me just being in your presence. For in your presence... There is fullness of joy. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And more than anything else, I need your presence. I need your Spirit to prevail upon me. I need the heavenly host of your glory to rest in me. On us today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. I feel the Lord has given me a direct yet simple word. And sometimes the most profound word is found in the simplest of ways. And I take you to Mark chapter 5, one verse of scripture. Mark chapter 5 and verse 27. Mark chapter 5 and verse 27. And I honor this church again. And I don't always take time to say that from the pulpit. Sometimes I just feel such an impetus and a, a momentum in my spirit of the Lord. I just, I get up here and I just go, you know. But there's times I got to just pause and say thank you. And uh, it's easy to get caught up in what we're doing and forget to say it. But please know I always feel it. My wife, and my son and I, we always feel just humbled and and really the word that I I feel in my spirit is joy to be with you in this church and uh, I I hate to be presumptuous I feel like I'm a stray cat and I I don't really like cats but but I feel like I'm a stray cat you fed me once and I just keep coming back 
and so forgive me for being the cat that feels like I, I, I belong here <laughs> because you fed me. <laughs> but I just feel like this is family, and uh, I really do feel that way. Well, thank you. Whew. I was nervous to say that, but thank you for your response. That makes me feel a little bit better. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 27 says, When she had heard of Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in. Everybody say, she came in. She came in. The press behind and touched his garment. Amen. I feel there's just a simple desire of the Lord today that he just wants us to come in to him. I want to preach today. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. <laughs> Oh, it may sound simple, but it is a profound experience when we come to him. Somebody say in Jesus name, you may be seated this morning. Amen. How many of you truly believe that this is the house of God? This is the house of the Lord. And it's not the house of God just because we say it is, nor is it the house of God because we have built this building and put a sign out on the front yard that says the church. There's many places that can call themselves a church, but yet not be the house of God. And anybody could put brick and mortar together and put a a sign in the front that says the church. That's not why this is the house of God. This is the house of God because this is where his presence resides here. His presence doesn't reside here because this is a church. Because this is a building that we call the church. You can put the biggest steeple on the roof that you want. That's not going to persuade him to reside in this place. His presence resides here. Because we will it and we desire it to be so. His spirit, his presence, it inhabits the praises, the prayers, the worship, the sacrifice of his people. And long before I ever got here, there have been prayers that have been prayed, crosses that have been carried, sacrifices that have been given. All for the sake of this building Being a place that we can declare as the house of God. And because this place has become the house of God, we can come to church not just to see each other, to sing a few songs. I was going to say to shake a few hands, but we don't do that anymore. But we come to church to come to him. I know again that sounds simple, but there's a lot of churches that people come to but never come to him. 
But I'm thankful that when I get in my car to come to East Wind Pentecostal Church, I don't have to wonder if God's going to be there. This is his house. I don't have to ask God to be here. This is his house. I don't have to ask his presence to show up. This is his house. What I have to do is I have to worship that he'll let me come in to his presence. Come to Jesus. When we come to church here at East Wind, we are coming to Jesus. Jesus said, it's recorded in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. Somebody let those words sink in for a moment. He said, come to me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. <laughs> I believe that this word is for you today. So don't question if it is or not or if it's for somebody else. But it's for you. Because everybody in here has felt heaviness. Not because of the COVID-19 pounds you've put on over the last 10 months. Told him this morning I turned 33 last week. And for the first time in my life, I have gone on a diet. Yeah, you can't have a diet without the word die, can you? My joy has somewhat died in me. For the first time in my life, I have to watch what I eat. Watch what I eat. My goodness, I remember being 16 or 17, you know, you never watched what you ate. You just said, put it in front of me. I'll close my eyes. I don't care what it is. I'll eat it. And now I have to watch what I eat. I'm feeling heavier these days. It's stressful. But I don't feel heavy laden, no, not because of the few pounds I've put on, but I feel heavy in my spirit. Because of what we're facing, what we're going through, but also because we are in the end times. We are in the last days. It seems to me like such a juxtaposition, like one writer that said the best of times, the worst of times. It seems to me like death is more prominent and prevalent on my mind, but also the miraculous that is taking place right now. At the same time, there seems to be sickness and chaos and division. But on the other side, there seems to be unity and faith and expectation, salvation, people being saved. And I'm seeing reports, as many of you are, all over the world that that, that the word and the gospel is going all around the world and people are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and being baptized in the name of Jesus, even in the midst of social unrest and chaos and confusion and sickness. And, but yet, because of where we are, there is a heaviness on me and there's a heaviness on you. And I know I'm not the only one who I can sleep seven, eight or nine hours and wake up and still feel tired. 
And when the alarm goes off in the morning, my first thought is, how soon can I get back here to this bed? When's the next time I can get back to this bed? And, and I can be exhausted all day long. I mean, it feels like I could fall asleep just in an instant. I feel exhausted, fatigued, and tired. Only to reach that place of bed later that night. Turn off my phone, put it aside, put it across the room. And all of a sudden, just my eyes won't even close. I'm wide awake. Can't sleep. Because there's a heaviness that causes your mind to just run rampant, out of control. Thinking about what's going to happen here. What are we going to do here? And how is this going to turn out? And there is a heaviness. But Jesus said, come to me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. All of you that are weighed down. All of you that feels like there's a pressure in your mind and a heaviness on your shoulders. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He said, I'm, I'm going to go up to heaven. And he says, and you shall seek me and shall not find me. Well, that doesn't sound very promising. He said, and where I am, there you cannot come. Now remember this, he's talking about his place in heaven and he says, you can't go there. You can't come there. He is speaking to them concerning their own intellect, their ability, their capability, their bodies and what they can do in the flesh saying, you can't go where I'm going in your flesh. You ever thought about heaven? Everybody has, whether you're atheist, agnostic, or apostolic. You've thought about heaven. And I don't care how much you know of the Bible, how much you read of the Bible, how many commentaries you read on the Bible. You'll never fully understand or grasp heaven. Heaven. I mean, it is perplexing. It's almost confusing to try to wrap my little brain around the concept of an eternal place of heaven. And I believe that the Bible is even strategically vague on what that place is like. Because number one, God knows you'll never understand it. You can't get there in your flesh. No matter how much I describe it and explain it, you won't be able to get there in your flesh. You won't be able to get there in your imagination or your intellect. He tries, I, I believe in scripture, he tries to use these human uh, uh, terms and idioms and euphemisms uh, like streets of gold. And I've wondered, will the streets really be paved with gold? I mean, some people got mouths full of gold, you know. Got gold in my teeth. Streets of gold. Walls of jasper, gates of pearl. He's just trying to give us a glimpse in our finite brain. But yet he says here in this place, you can't get there. No matter how hard you try, your body, you can't make it. Your flesh can't make it. Your abilities can't get you there. And it seems so convoluted, so complicated, so difficult sometimes. And I don't know about you, and I'm trying to articulate this as best as I can. But even since I was a child, there's there's been something in me that when I pray something, 
sometimes, not every time I pray, but sometimes when I close my eyes and pray, or sometimes when I close my eyes and I begin to worship, it's like I can see myself where I want to go, where I want to end up. Man, I want to be this, and I want to be there. You ever felt that way? And it's like you can see this giant, this uh, this, this giant uh, division from where you are to where you want to end up one day. I want to preach like this one day. I want to love like this one day. I want to have this anointing. And you can almost see this vague shadow in the distance of where you want to go. This, this far beyond place. And, but then you open your eyes waking up to reality that how can I go from here to there? Impossible. The same is to be said about our destination to heaven. It is impossible to try to open your eyes and articulate, intellectualize a way to go from here to there. Jesus says, you can't get there. But watch, they start asking questions. and They start saying, what's he talking about? We can't get there. You're probably saying the same thing. Well, I thought that's where we were going. Continue. Verse 37 He had responded to them in verse 36 and he was like, why are you guys asking about this? Why why are you guys asking about this place, heaven, and and worrying about how you're going to get there? In the last day, verse 37, it says, in the last day, Jesus stood up and cried, if any man thirst, everybody say thirst. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Notice what he did there. (laughs) He reduced our desire to go there. For our need of thirst. He's trying to relay to you how simple it really is. First of all, how impossible it is for us to get there. You want to go there? You can't get there. So I came to you. And now all you have to do is come to me. See, he talks about our desire to go beyond. And then he reduces it to thirst. thirst you desire to go into the supernatural dimension but i'm wondering is anybody thirsty what he's talking about a desire that we can't articulate with our intellectual ability and then reduces it down to thirst if you want to go there are you thirsty what If you want to go beyond, are you thirsty? Because if anyone is thirsty, watch this now. All you have to do is come to me. You want to go to heaven? Come to Jesus. You want to go beyond a place you've never been before? Come to Jesus. You want the supernatural flow of the anointing of God's spirit? Come to Jesus. 
It sounds complicated when you think about the icing on the cake and how we're going to bake it and how we're going to get to where God has said we're going to go. But he reduced it down to a simplistic formula. Come to me. Watch this now, verse 38. For he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly. That simply means, that word is often used in the scripture for for describing the midst of something. The heart of something. Out of you (laughs) is going to flow. Watch this. Rivers of living water. Watch this now. He says, you can't get there. So I'll put there in you. That was too deep for your response, wasn't it? He said, you can't get there. You can't get to streets of gold. You can't get to walls of jasper. You can't get up to that place. So I came here. And if you'll believe in me, I'll put the ingredients of there inside of you. Well, I feel like we need to pause right now and ask a question. Are you thirsty for what he's got for you? In case you're wondering what he's talking about, rivers of living water, the next verse declares it. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. He didn't say you can receive it. He said you should receive it. Have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? If you have, you ought to stand on your feet and act like it for a few seconds. And let the rivers of living water flow. Come on, I've got more to preach, but he's got fresh water for you. He's got rivers of living water. You don't need just a cup of water no more. You don't need just a goose bump of water no more. He's got rivers, rivers of living water. I want to take just a few more seconds and let somebody's thirst just create a response of faith. I'm thirsty for your spirit. I don't know how to get to heaven, but I'm going to get to you. I don't know how to get to the supernatural dimension of healing, but I'm going to get to you. I don't know how to resurrect the dead, but I'm just going to get to you. I don't know how to provide for my family when there is nothing to provide for. I'm just going to get to you. I'm just going to get to you and let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Flow! 
I just feel uh, checking my spirit not to go forward right now. We just need to press into his presence for a moment. Uh, Somebody needs uh, to step out of the dry and barren uh, into the rivers of living water. Uh, Jesus said the thief uh, has come to kill, uh, steal, and destroy. uh, But I have come. uh, But I have come. uh, But I have succumbed. But I came to you that you would have life and life more abundantly. Now the ball is in your court. He came to you. Will you come to him? Will you go to him? Will you fight for him? Will you worship for him? Remain standing. Remain standing. If you need the rest of the sermon, go watch it from this morning service if it's if it's available. I'm gonna give you what I feel the Holy Ghost wants me to give you. Revelation twenty two and twelve. Revelation 22 and 12, as I just quoted, Jesus said, the thief has come. Somebody say, he's come. That is a reality. We don't need to try to, try to circumvent the truth. Sometimes the truth is not the good news. It's the bad news. He has come to kill, steal, and destroy. He said, but that's not the whole truth. I have come. And I'm coming again. And behold, I am coming quickly. Wait a second. He's not just coming. He said, and my reward is with me to give, (laughs) to give to everyone according to his work. Can we keep reading? Verse 13, he says, Jesus says, this is Jesus talking. I am the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. Watch this now. Verse 14. Blessed are those who do his commandments. That means his word. That's you. You've got his word. Blessed are those who do his word. That they 
may have the right to the tree of life. The thing he banished Adam and Eve from, they can't have that tree. They've sinned. He says, but you, because you have my blood and my name and my word, you get to have the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Man, I don't have time. Verse 15. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Watch this. Verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David. What is he saying? Watch, he said, I'm Alpha and Omega. Those are the Greek letters of the alphabet, the the A and the Z. He says, I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. Let me put it simple to you. I'm everything. So the question is, why would you go to anything else? I am. I am the root and offspring of David. I'm the one. Come to me. Watch this. He started out this passage by saying, I'm coming quickly. Now watch, watch, watch. I'm coming quickly. He says, I'm the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star, verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say. No, it doesn't say come. It doesn't say that. It says, come. Wait a second. Who's the spirit? Go ahead. Don't be shy. And who's the bride? There's a voice of the Lord. And there's an echo of the church. Come to Jesus. <laughs> And let him who hears say, Come! And let him who thirsts. Come on. Come on. You're addicted? Oh, that's okay. You, you thirsty? Come. Divorced 12 times? That's all right. You thirsty? Come on. You backslider? I don't care. You thirsty? How long you been a backslider? Wow, that long? Let me ask you a question. You still thirsty? Wait. You, you, you've been coming here for how long and you're still addicted to pornography? Let me ask you a question. You still thirsty? Come. Whoever desires, uh, let him take the water of life. Somebody shout freely. Lift up your hands, everybody, right now. There is a drawing of the Holy Ghost in this place. There is a drawing. There is a stirring. I want to echo what I feel. The Holy Ghost saying, Come to Jesus. Who wants to step out by faith and come to Jesus right now? Who wants to step out by faith uh, and show Jesus, uh, I'm thirsty.
I want to give one instruction. Don't stop praying. But we've got to be clear. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, like the Bible says, you've never received that experience. I want you to come stand with me right here in front of these steps. I'm going to stand here for several moments and wait on those in this service who have never received the infilling of God's Holy Spirit. You say, well, how do I know? You'll know when you speak in other tongues just like they did in the Bible. God gave us that tangible sign, evidence, and expression for us to know we have been filled with His Spirit. If you have never had that experience, I'm standing right here and I want to pray with you. We've got others who will pray with you. I'm going to stand right here. Saints, if you see someone in the room that you think they might not have gotten it yet, they might not have received the gift of His Spirit, I want you to invite them and come stand right here. Come here, brother. You stand. Raise your hand. Come stand right here with our brother right here. Come stand right here. Hallelujah. Come to Jesus. Oh, you might have come for a deep word. But Jesus said, I came to give you a deep move of my spirit. You don't need another word. You just need to come to Jesus. You may not know how to get to where you want to go. So I stepped out of eternity and said, come to me. Come to me. I'll show you the way. Hold on. We got to we got to reach for a second. We got to reach for a second. I know I know there are people here that have never received the gift of God's spirit. And we're not going to embarrass you at all. But we're going to be very deliberate right now. This is the most important need in this service that everyone has the opportunity to receive God's spirit. Acts 2:38, they said Peter said repent turn from your sins he said and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the receive the gift of the Holy Ghost but the next verse says for this promise is to you to your children and all who are far off I, I'm so glad he didn't define how far you could be until you were too far He said, for all those who are far off, this gift of my spirit is for you. So I want everyone who has already spoken with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance. Would you raise your hand and keep it up for a moment? And for those of you whose hand is down, which means you have not received this precious gift of God's spirit, his promise of salvation, his promise of comfort and direction, his his promise of his spirit. If your hand is down, I invite you to come stand right here in front of these steps right now. For the hand raisers, turn around and look and see. Do you see anybody here today whose hand is down? Go to them and say, hey, would you like to come to the front and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? If they say no, then say, can I pray for you right here? Go, go ahead. We give you a second to do this. Go. 
Here comes somebody right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. If they're not ready to come up to these steps, you say, can I pray with you right here? And man or woman of God, you're going to pray them through to the Holy Ghost. Now, how many of you are thirsty? I don't care how long you've been in church. You're still thirsty. If you're still thirsty, I want you to lift up your hands like an empty glass. That's about to be refilled, restored, renewed in the power of his spirit. Like a fresh drink of water on a hot summer day. His spirit is about to flow like rivers of living water. The spirit and the bride say, come. Right now, would you lift up your voice and come to Jesus? Somebody step out into faith. Step out into expectation and come to Jesus anew and afresh. Right now, right now, in the name of Jesus. Let the Lord fill your marriage with the baptism of the Holy Ghost.